Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can take no more. You may think you've seen it all. people i want to take this time to wish you guys a very happy new year and to thank all of you listeners for your support in 2017 my goal is to bring you more great content in this new year and for this platform of positivity to grow and flourish my first guest of the new year is a friend and colleague lauren hour lauren is a local therapist providing counseling to victims of abuse in addition to that amazing work she's also a mother and a military wife and that aspect of her life is what we're going to talk about today. It's easy to take for granted the safety and protection we enjoy in this country. The truth is that without the sacrifice of the three and a half million women and men in our armed forces, we wouldn't have that luxury. It's almost chilling to think that that is the number of forces charged with protecting a country with a population of over 324 million people. Even more reason to respect and honor their work. Our armed forces are made up of the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force and Reserve components, which include Army National Guard, Army Reserve, Navy Reserve, Marine Corps Reserve, Air National Guard, Air Force Reserve, and Coast Guard Reserve. Of the active duty members, over 54% are married, while over 44% of reservists are also married. That's over half our military force. Can you imagine what it's like for the families left behind while a loved one is on active duty? Well, we're about to get a firsthand account of the life of a military family. So thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren, and being open and willing to share your personal experience. First, tell us a little bit more about yourself and then kind of introduce us to your husband who happens to be deployed right now. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm a therapist. I work locally here in Peoria and love my job. See, my husband and I have been married five years I believe mm-hmm. and when we first started dating he signed up for the military very shortly after I like within the month we started dating so did you guys make that decision <laughs> together or was he like hey babe this is what uh, I want to do kind of so he, he comes from a military background his dad is a colonel in the Air Force um, so he grew up in it and he kind of always knew that's what he wanted to do mm-hmm so when we started dating, he did kind of, he kind of was feeling me out, I guess, a little bit. And he was like, so what do you think about military people? Like, you know, what's your opinion on all, all, all that? And I have a couple Marines in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of police in my family, which I know is different, but it's kind of still that service background. So yes. um, to me, I was just kind of like, cool, you know, I, I it didn't really matter to me. And mm-hmm. um, I remember him being really excited about that when I told him that. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know if he had always had that experience in the past with people he dated or something. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, yeah. that is kind of tough, especially when you think, wow, this may be actually going somewhere. You know, we could yeah. potentially get married. Right. So did you have an idea in your mind what deployment could be like at that time or you just um, didn't think about it? Well, so shortly after we started dating, he went to basic training mm-hmm. and we were so new in our relationship at the time that that was kind of our like, well, let's see how this is. Yeah. <laughs> I guess kind of trial by fire there, but mm-hmm. um, it ended up bringing us a lot closer. Um, I think some people in that situation, maybe it would have the opposite effect, but for some reason for us through communicating via letter, um, mm-hmm. it just, it really made, I think, our feelings towards each other very evident. Yeah. And um, that I think solidified for both of us that this is, you know, we were pretty serious. So that was kind of our experience with that. So you kind of always knew in the back of your head deployment is Mm -hmm. going to happen at some point but at the time it felt really far off so yeah I mean it's just it's just kind of one of those things you always have in the back of your mind whether they're home or not it's it's just always going to be the case so and your husband is also in law enforcement yes so it's kind of a double whammy in the sense that are you always worried about his safety (laughs) and this is another part of that are you more worried about him when he's home and in his law enforcement position than you are when he's deployed which is more scary for you yeah well actually recently right before the deployment he took on a full-time military job. So he's technically not law enforcement anymore, but um, that was a big part of our life before. And people ask me that a lot about worrying about his safety. And honestly, I don't know if it's the right way or not, but my kind of coping mechanism, I guess, with that is I just don't really think about it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I understand cognitively that he could be in danger, but I just kind of imagine him sitting in a tent playing cards every day. I know that's not what he's doing, Mm -hmm. but if I just think of it that way, I don't worry. I think there's power in positive thinking. Um, Yeah, it's just it doesn't do me any good to worry about him being in danger. And, you know, the question about me worrying about him more in law enforcement, I think I did, honestly, in those situations, because there was a lot of unknown there where he's he's dealing with difficult people or you know yeah. people that were under the influence of something or have severe mental health issues or something like that that there's mm-hmm. a lot of unknown where I feel like at least from what I know I could be wrong but in his environment there's a lot of planning that goes into everything he does and mm-hmm. it's, it's very structured so at least that's the way that I think about it. And so you said he's going into like a full-time military position. Mm -hmm. So what's that going to mean for you and your family? Well, so he's in the Illinois National Guard. So what that means is he basically, he has a lot of duties. He has guard weekend once a month, um, which that's kind of where they all come together and do a lot. But he he does a lot besides just that once a month. But Mm -hmm. basically his nine to five Monday through Friday job, he'll be working in some capacity for the army. So because of that, he won't be doing the police work anymore. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses to everything. I think yeah, absolutely. Es- especially when he was doing police work, he was working funky shifts and funky days. So there was a lot of hardship there. So I think it'll be better. Um, yeah. But a lot of traveling is involved. That's yeah. That's part of it. Now, how many times has he been like deployed? So this is his first deployment. His unit, I think a lot of people sometimes have the misconception that a National Guard unit doesn't get deployed very often or if 
like that all, but they actually go every four years and sometimes even more frequently than that. Mm-hmm. So on the last time his unit was deployed, he was in a long-term like training school for mm-hmm. his specific position. So um, because of that, he got back to the area when they were already deployed. So he kind of missed out on that one. So this is his first official deployment. Now, during that training time, that's when you were pregnant, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he um, you know, I, I think that's another misconception is the fact that when they're not deployed, people think they're just here, but they're actually gone a lot. We did the mm-hmm. math the other day, and in the past two years, so I have a one-year-old son. So pretty much from the time I got pregnant and had the baby and now he's one, he between his job, the trainings he had to do, all this stuff, his responsibilities, plus the police work, we figured he was home for maybe about four months of the past two years. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> what kinds of things do you do to try? to keep that bond and keep that closeness. And now that you have a little one, you don't want your little one to forget his dad. So how do you incorporate that into this arrangement that's so unique? It's tough. I mean, it really is because we're both busy. And I think one of the biggest things we deal with, especially during the deployment, is there's a nine and a half hour time difference where he's at. Yeah. So luckily, we're so blessed with technology these days that we can Skype or FaceTime or, you know, text via like the Internet and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, send emails. So we have pretty regular communication. It's just trying to figure out a time that works both of us to talk through our busy schedules and that your son will be awake exactly so he can interact right so a lot of times that it's convenient to him my son's at daycare so Mm -hmm. um, we just kind of try and make it work and send a lot of videos of my son doing funny things or whatever so that he can see it even if it's not live and in the moment yeah because it's tough because he's missing like a lot of the little landmark things like you know seeing Mm -hmm. him walk or laugh for the first time all those little things those milestone moments yeah we were lucky actually the other week I was FaceTiming him and my son took some of his first steps and he saw so that was really cool oh that was miraculous (laughs) yeah that was awesome but yeah I'm actually I feel like I'm kind of lucky though in a sense that I have such a young son so he doesn't really understand or know Um, he doesn't really know the difference right no he he doesn't I mean, when we said goodbye, I was a wreck, but my son was like, yeah, like, what's going on? You know, he didn't know. So I think my heart especially goes out to some of those spouses or girlfriends that have older children, that they're dealing with their own emotions, but also their children's emotions. That's got to be so hard. But your son totally knows who his dad is and lights up and gets excited when he sees him Mm -hmm. on Skype or FaceTime. Yeah, we try (laughs) and do that a lot. And I have videos saved on my phone of my husband reading him books and stuff that he can watch so mm -hmm. that's a good tip for someone out there and and we'll talk about tips in just a little bit okay but um talk some more about actually what goes into when you're preparing for your loved one to be deployed what kind of planning and I know just emotionally it's horrible but what do you do to prepare for that um well because it was our first deployment I think 
some of it we just kind of had to figure out. I know especially leading up to it, we were trying to make sure all of our ducks were in a row. So a master list of all the passwords was important. You know, when the bills go out, he usually did all the stuff with the bills and all that. So I had to learn all of that. That was a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of organizing, getting things set up, um, you know, making sure our health insurance was in place and Mm -hmm. making sure that I knew how to like, I don't know, change the filter on the refrigerator, just those little things that you wouldn't even think about Yeah, that I can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, we need a new filter. What do I do? Sometimes it's good to just know yeah. ahead of time. And, and I had like a kind of made like a binder of, you know, that kind of stuff, bills and passwords. And this is where this is. And this is the kind of filter I need to buy for the furnace and all of that kind of stuff, just in case I ever were to need it. And then also the part that is really not fun yeah. <laughs> is you got to make sure, you know, your power of attorney and your will is in place just yeah. in case something were to happen. And it's it's awful to sit down and do that paperwork, but yeah. you don't want to not have it. So Absolutely. And those are good tips for those of you guys listening and maybe in this situation yourself. How have you been supported by family and friends? Well, I'm very, very lucky that his family, again, is a military family. So mm-hmm. um, him growing up, his dad went on several deployments. So his mom gets it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's great to have that in my immediate family that she can tell me, oh, I remember this is what I did the day he left or this is what it was like. And yeah, you know, sometimes this happens and, you know, that kind of thing. That's I'm really, really blessed to have that. And then, you know, especially just people offering to help with things is important. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just having that support, I think it's great from everybody. But if you're able to find somebody who has kind of dealt with the deployment themselves, it's even better because there's there's an aspect that they understand that I think someone that hasn't dealt with it maybe couldn't understand quite as well. Right. Now, for people that might not necessarily have a loved one or a relative like your mother-in-law that's been there and done that and gets it, is there what kind of support are you offered from the military? Are there any like family support groups of military families or, or in what ways just in general are you supported by the military? Well, so every unit, um, regardless of branch, should have family readiness group. It's called the FRG. Mm -hmm. And that is basically a group of any family members of the soldiers that kind of get together. There's events planned. You know, there's little outings. um, There's like a newsletter that goes out, that kind of thing. So I'm a co-treasurer of ours. So, um, you know, we're planned, for instance, like a a Christmas thing where, um, you know, we had like Santa come and read to the kids. And it was kind of an opportunity for the spouses to kind of get to know each other and talk. And Mm -hmm. at those events, there's sometimes organizations that come like um, there's one called Blue Star Families that they have like resources and stuff. So they kind of just are there to help. And then there's a person that reaches out to you monthly that Mm -hmm. just kind of wants to know how you're doing. Can they help with anything? Set you up with resources because there's actually a lot of resources out there. It's just realizing what there is available and how to get it. I'm so encouraged to hear that because, Mm -hmm. you know, the last military person in my family, well, my 
brother was in the military for a short while, but I really wasn't around him enough to know what that experience was like was my dad. So I'm just like thrilled to hear that there are resources and that that there is support because, you know, there's all kinds of like stereotypes and misinformation Mm -hmm. about the military in general. And I'm sure you're (laughs) bombarded with stupidity and people that just don't know. So like what kinds of stereotype things have you heard that you can kind of dispel? Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. I think, you know, it, maybe it's just more of a personal thing, but mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes, I guess I don't like it when I get, when I, I tell somebody that my husband's deployed and I get kind of like a pity response from them. Yeah. Like, poor you. Because I guess I just don't, I try really hard not to see it that way. Yeah. Of course, there are times that are hard and that it sucks and that I, I just, you know, it's not fair, but, you know, it's it's a career that my husband loves, that he's good at, that he chose, mm-hmm. um, and we knew this is part of the job. I mean, the way that I kind of see it is he's gone doing these trainings a lot and he's been to these specialized schools and had all of this work done to train for the job he is now doing overseas. Mm -hmm. So I think like, you know, if for instance, you're a doctor and you go to med school and then you do your residency and all this stuff, eventually you want to be a doctor, right? Absolutely. You want to put that Mm -hmm. skill to work and that's what he's doing right now. So it's just kind of, it's not something he's doing to me it's I'm not a victim in this I guess sometimes it's when you're having a hard day and it's overwhelming it's easy really easy to slip into that mindset of this is just so unfair and like oh I'm so mad at him right now because if he were just here I wouldn't have to change this filter or whatever but um (laughs) you know it's it's something that he that you know it does bring him joy and it's his job and he's good at it and I I would much rather him be in a job that he's happy in that this is something he's always wanted to do his whole life than for him to be miserable and do a career that doesn't bring him joy just because mm-hmm. it would make maybe our family life easier. Yeah. And there are stereotypes about all sorts of jobs because I'm sure that as a therapist and especially mm-hmm. the therapy that you do with the population that we work with, that you can get all kinds of comments like, oh, bless your heart. How do you do that? I couldn't oh, yes. do that if I were you. So, yeah. Yep, I get it my own job, too. So, and yeah. of course, there's hard times in mm-hmm. any job. I mean, gosh, this week was a full moon and I think we all felt it like, oh yeah this was, was a nutty week <laughs> right and that yeah we happens. don't want another one of those no although unfortunately this month there's an additional full moon so it's like yay yes be not warned, people yes. but uh yeah I mean I think any job comes with its downsides and you know maybe we have some unique things that are pretty hard but you know what people do it and I I think you meet people along the way through all the different you know mm-hmm. places you've lived in stuff and you just see their homecomings of of their husbands or wives or boyfriends or whoever it may be and you see them reuniting and you see you know I mean I have friends with six kids that are dealing with this right now or some people that have you know older kids which comes with a a different set of challenges or Mm -hmm. you know there's a couple people in the unit that just had brand new babies right when the deployment happened and they're dealing with their own unique set of challenges and it's always Mm kind of like you know what if they can do it I can do it and you know it's just you just do it you just do it yeah (laughs) yeah you just go into autopilot and just do it right talk about what it's like and how you prepare in a different way for when your loved one is coming home 
I'm so excited for that. That's fun. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, again, this is our first one, so I don't have that much upfront knowledge of what exactly it will be like, but I think one of the things we discussed before he left was he was kind of told by some of the other guys that had been in the situation that a lot of times when they come home, it's like everyone wants to see you and everyone wants to do this and that and like, Mm -hmm. hey, like come out, like come meet us for a drink, all that kind of stuff. And so you're pulled in a lot of directions. So just we decided as a family, we are going to go on just like a family vacation, spend some time just us. Oh, that'll be awesome. And then also have kind of a a period of time and maybe like a a welcome home type party that we can tell everyone, hey, like this is your time, like come hang out. Like this is our week for that. And then kind of be done with that and just have our family time. And Um, just kind of get back to life as normal. Yes, because it's going to be different. And Mm -hmm. I think trying to manage expectations a little bit like it's he's going to be on a different sleep set schedule different time zone oh yeah just falling into our routine that we've made for the past mm-hmm. year you know the things my son were doing when he left he's going to be a completely different stage when he's back so he's going to have to kind of learn probably how to communicate with him differently or absolutely you know, this is what we're doing now and all that so it's going to I think be a bit of a process but yeah. it's exciting yeah he's going to have to take some time to get reacclimated yeah to everything Absolutely. Also, talk about, do you ever have any conversations about what it is that he's doing or how much of what he's doing when he's on deployment is like a secret? Like, can he share like what he's doing? I'm sure not like particular projects necessarily that they're doing. Right. But does he let you know kind of where he is and what's going on? Sort of. So the the rule kind of as it stands in the military as a whole, from what I understand, is you can talk about a lot of things after the fact. This is what I did yesterday. This is what I did last week. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing, especially, you know, you have to be really careful about what's out in the open, like countdowns to homecoming. That should not ever be public. Um, mm-hmm. You know, dates that they're going to leave. Oh, my husband leaves in 10 days. You know, that should never be public. Not which it's kind of sad that that's the world we live in, but that's just how it is. Yeah. So and honestly, I don't really want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times I don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many acronyms and there's so many like uh, I just he could probably explain it to me and I don't even know what he's saying so Mm -hmm. I mean it's just one of those things that you know for me personally I don't think it it really helps me to know yeah um so you know I guess that's that's about what we leave it at is if if it's important for me to know of course he's welcome to share things with me yeah but I may not always understand exactly what's being told to me so yeah talk now about because we've had conversations like this at work what are the best ways that people can support not only the family that's left behind but also the service people because there's always like whether it's classrooms or Mm -hmm. community organizations that they all want to get together and it's wonderful and do something and like send things like (laughs) what do they actually need versus is what they don't need. That's a good question. It's kind of funny because they have a stock room and it is full to the brim of like hot sauce and (laughs) juice and you know like decks of cards which is so great and you know they're so happy to get anything truly because it's it's really the thought that counts. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of times they like he just told me they're kind of packing up a lot of that stuff. They got a lot of like candy and stuff around Christmas and they're 
going to kind of disperse it to maybe other units or maybe even locals. I'm not really sure how that works. But so it's not like it goes unused, but really mm-hmm. he has told me that just like like the cards or the notes, he really wanted from us just a lot of pictures, especially stuff showing the seasons, like the snow and my son with the leaves, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then comforts from home from us so you know I sent him a pair of his favorite sweatpants the other day so like stuff like that from us but from Mm -hmm. the general public I would say more you know if they want to send something they could do really it's it's kind of boring but like Amazon gift cards are a hot commodity because they kind of pool their money and what they're at least what his unit's doing is they have like a reoccurring shipment of like nice toilet paper (laughs) so it's those (laughs) things you wouldn't think about but you know it's just that's the kind of thing that he's missing that and like paper towels and stuff and it's just to to send that from here and shipping it would be Mm -hmm. ridiculous so to send them like the money for them to get them directly to them through Amazon or something themselves Mm -hmm. is really helpful that kind of thing and and just like you know like I'll send him like his deodorant because he can't get it at the places there the one that he liked from back home and that kind of thing you know I think sometimes they get inundated with big boxes of like I don't know like shampoo which is nice but a lot of times they want like their kind that they used at yeah, home. Yeah, that and, they're used to. Right. That they so like. sometimes it's just, you know, if you really, really want to send something, gift cards are great or even just like nice notes or something yeah. like that is really appreciated. Now, for people that don't have a connection or a direct loved one like you, are there organizations or groups that you would recommend people to work with to be able to get together and do the gift cards, notes or whatever to where they know it's actually going to go to the service people? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times, like I've had a lot of people reach out to me specifically, Mm -hmm. like churches and, you know, like schools, Girl Scout troops, just they know a person who knows a person who knows me. And so if they can like send that stuff to me, I will make sure it gets them. Or Mm -hmm. if they know another spouse or knows a person who knows a person who knows a spouse, sometimes that's a really good way to just go through that direct way. Otherwise, you know, there is the VA, there's like uh, Blue Star Families is another one, you know, the Red Cross, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's on a larger level, can be helpful too. All right. As we wrap up, you have like shared like tons of nuggets of tips. Are there any other tips that you want to share about how to handle it, how to deal with the situation in general, anything that you want to impart to the listeners? I think it's really important just to think about your own mindset on things. And I think it's it's so easy. <laughs> you know, sometimes we kind of joke us spouses about like, oh, you know, my friend was so upset because her husband was going on a three-day work trip or whatever and that's ridiculous and you know it can be annoying but honestly to be able to rethink that and you know it is hard for that person yeah I'm not used to this and you know just kind of having that different mindset of this is something that you didn't choose necessarily but Mm -hmm. it is a career that they chose and there's bad parts to it and there's good parts to it and you know at the end of the day you just have to keep I mean truly at the end of the day I choose my spouse you know yes I choose to make it work with him and I choose to love him and he's the person I chose and this is just kind of our life and that's Mm -hmm. you know it's hard sometimes and there's those little things you just I would love to turn to him and say hey I'm gonna run to the store real quick instead of packing up the baby and making sure I have bottles and you know all of that stuff those little things that you just wouldn't think about of course they're frustrating but it's just having that mindset of this is just it's temporary and there's things outside of my control and you know 
know, we're just going to make it work. That's all it is. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I think people listening will get a better idea of clearly what it's like to be a military family because you can have an idea, but unless you've experienced it or you know someone that has, you kind of, you might not have the empathy that you need because these people are like literally putting their lives on the line to save our country. And like I said in the intro, when you think about the number of people that are actually active in the military versus our population, it's like, wow, it's amazing that this small overall number of people are able to protect us all. And that's something that we can never, ever take for granted. And so I thank you for sharing your story of your beautiful family with us. And uh, we'll look forward to the day that comes in the future (laughs) that he is able to be back with you and your son Mm -hmm. and your family. So thank you, Lauren, for sharing. And you guys, Lauren, I know you loved her. She's going to be a guest again sometime in the future because she has experience with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. So she is going to be back with us in the near future to talk about that. So you guys, as always, I tell you in the next week, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish. It's self-care. And also remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play. You can always go to the website, gethappywithjay.com, and you can listen to it right from there without even going to these other places. And I would love your comments. And uh, just let us know what you think of this show and all the podcasts. Thank you as always for listening. I want to give you just a nugget in advance next month for February. I know it's Black History Month, but guess what? I'm black 365 days of the year, so (laughs) I'm not going to concentrate on that next month. Next month is going to be what I am calling the Love Month. So I'm going to be talking all about relationships. If there's anybody that you know that has just a wonderful, unique love story that you think would just be awesome for them to share on the podcast, let me know. You can always get to me directly on my Facebook page, Get Happy with Jay. Just do the search. And remember, the J is just the letter J. It's nothing fancy. It's just the letter J. So look for that. You can contact me. I would love to hear your love stories and have some of you guys on the podcast as well. So until next time, be happy, you guys. And thanks again for listening. 